What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. We're here in the living room where it's nice and calm. Nobody's yelling at me. It's a safe space where you can share your perspectives and you can yell and your neighbors can wonder, how much money do I have to make to not have to be next to the yelly guy? It's not going to be so yelly tonight. You know why? Because I actually took a bunch of Adderall, so I'm going to be so calm. For all you people out there that are like, what kind of amphetamines did this man do that he's all yelly and screamy? It's not the way amphetamines work when you got ADD. You naturally got all the energy, and then you take the meds, and then you're just like a calm librarian person who goes, I want to be off these meds, but I actually had work to do. So that's the way it works. Sometimes you have work to do, and then you take them. And uh, I've accidentally tweaked with the gain on the board. So if I'm too loud to all you nice people out there, just tell me I'm being too loud, and then we can make adjustments. I'm trying to make this an inclusive place where everybody can feel safe. Not just me, because there isn't a room of people yelling at me, but you also, the listener. All right, let's get into some topics. It wasn't even that much of an intro. What do we got here? I got all sorts of things. Oh, first is, let's start off the show by celebrating a new era. Uh, and, you know, this is incredible. Fetterman's victory, this is a victory for everybody. This man is boldly going where no other stroke victim has gone before. There was a time when people who had strokes, they thought, I'm not going to be able to work in the workforce. I'm not going to be able to make decisions for people. But we're plowing into new territory, and I hope they, I hope this guy, they put him up to the top. I hope this guy becomes the mumbler of the house, because if you're going to have an incoherent dribbler, and he's capable of this job, you know, what else is he capable of? I'd like to see how far we can take this thing, and I mean, if we're all just going to pretend like this is normal and makes sense, and that his neck isn't about to explode and put us all in danger, all right, do they have backup plans here for next exploding inside you thought that january 6 was uh, an attack on our nation's capital just wait when all these people are covered in fetterman's neck all right so just to further describe the situation with the sea urchin from pennsylvania uh my god i i mean I, the pennsylvanians really did not like dr oz they really said no to dr oz and yes they voted for stupidity they said we don't care if this guy doesn't make a whole lot of sense and dresses like the fat kid that doesn't want to go in the pool. Uh, we don't care. It doesn't matter. We're going to make that guy. He dresses like he could be the new spokesman for the Yeezy brand. I wonder how long he even lasts in office. But the nice thing is he's inspired uh, Biden because Biden's uh, doctors, they looked at the Fetterman situation and they're like, well, if Americans are willing to support that level of incoherence, then I should be able to run again. And here it is. Biden touches on 2024 plans during post-election day presser. Our intention is to run again. There he is. He's out there. And is Trump going to announce? Because this whole time Trump's been saying he's going to announce. He's going to announce. And then everyone's like, hey, man, you might want to wait on it because you didn't win. You put up a bunch of people. And they didn't seem to win, so you might want to wait on it. And then, of course, there was all the talk of the red wave, and I guess the only red wave we're going to have is all these women's periods since the vaccines. That's the only wave that you're going to see because i, I got to be honest. And you, well, firstly, if you were hearing a lot of there's going to be a red wave, let's not forget that everyone else in the media, they got a sales job. They're not bringing you actual news. They're trying to sell a narrative. And so if you were hearing people going, there's going to be a red wave, there's going to be a red wave, Firstly, I don't understand how you could have so little integrity with your sales job because you know it's probably not going to happen. And then you're up there, you're shouting, you're yelling, you're screaming about it. Aren't you nervous that like in two weeks from now, you're going to look like an asshole when you're wrong, but they don't care. They don't care because they're never held accountable. We live in a world where people like John Fetterman can get on stage, have a non-debate mumble and stutter and still get elected. 
You can get things wrong forever. Nobody cares. If anything, your mistake is actually trying to get things right. You're burning the energy of actually reading and doing the research. You're making informed decisions. And then best case scenario is people hate you because you're more informed than them. What have you learned? What have you benefited from sitting down, reading, studying, learning, and having information? What does that do for you in life? Nothing. You're better off getting out there and seeing how far you can go on the incompetence that you currently have. My God, that's the American way. All right, so I think part of it is maybe there were people out there going, it's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a red wave, and guess what? Those people are fucking liars. I don't even understand why they would do it. they got to beat some crow. But now, i got to be honest, and you know what? Sometimes I wonder how dumb and crazy I am. I don't feel like I was hearing that much chatter of a red wave up until, like, right before the election. Now, i got to be honest, I kind of tuned out on the election stuff for reasons that I described in part of the problem a couple days ago, which is I don't feel like anyone gives us accurate news in any capacity whatsoever. So you don't want to get too invested into these storylines where all of a sudden you start taking these things personally, and then it kind of messes with your critical thinking. I think, if anything, at this point, you got to kind of almost follow the tea leaves of the way that they're reporting on stories, look at the bullshit that's out there, and see the story that they're trying to sell you, and then wait till the dust settles, and then you can actually see what happened. Uh, So in this case, it seemed to me, I, I guess maybe there was chatter of it, and I just wasn't getting too excited about it, because the polling has been too wrong consistently that I just wasn't getting excited about it. I was like, we're gonna have to see what happened. It seemed to me, like the Demo- the Republicans were certainly going to flip Congress. They had a chance, and I was hoping for Senate. But it didn't seem like this was going to be a throw-the-bastards-out situation. And I was hoping it would be. The reason I was hoping it would be is because my entire life I've never voted. I've never once showed up, pulled a lever, clicked a button, or filled out a form no one was going to look at. That's not something I've ever done. I've never shown up, seen a fax machine in person, and gone, yeah, this thing looks like it's going to, you know, this this shredder looks like it's going to count my vote, and then deposit it in it for some lady to take it to some other senator and then pretend like it's going to be looked at. I've never engaged in that process. But this past year... I felt like I was so threatened by Democrats. And what are the specific things that I felt threatened by? Well, I don't like the tech censorship. I don't like the uh, expansion in the way that we're spending our money. I don't like the way that they're pushing all the kitty trans stuff. And I certainly don't like COVID or the Ukrainian war. There's just, but mostly COVID. I would say COVID is the biggest issue that the tyrannical government policies that force people to take vaccines that had everyone yelling at me in conversations that I was an idiot when I was more informed and actually did my homework, that has pushed something onto kids that may turn out in the long run to be harmful and just robbed us of our lives for an entire year when there wasn't science to support it. If nothing else, they just robbed us of normal life for an entire year and we all had personal sufferings because of it. It wasn't just that we had to sit home and be bored. We all have relatives that might no longer be with us or might no longer be the same people. We've all had bad occurrences because of COVID that wasn't the actual COVID. Now, I'm not saying COVID wasn't real. I'm not saying no one didn't die from it. But I am saying that the government response definitely made the situation a hell of a lot worse. And Fauci probably purchased the thing in cahoots with the Chinese and, you know, brought it upon us. But you're not allowed to say things like that on YouTube. So that's not actually what I was saying, which is why I said in that other voice, which might sound like the realer voice when I'm saying something real, but I'm trying to get it off real quick so that the censors don't catch it. But just so you know, I'm being transparent. I'm talking right into the camera. Whenever I say things like that, 
Those are the things I don't mean. Those are the parody moments that you shouldn't take seriously. And I get it. Sometimes I th say things sarcastically, and then sometimes I say things for real, and not everyone can follow. So I'm letting you, the YouTube censor, know that things said in that tone are not the real things. And now I'm distracted, so I'm going to look at the comments before I can get back to whatever the fuck I was talking about. Here we go. We got Roscoe back in the chat throwing the fire signs up. All right. Libertarian podcast review. Your election night appearance with those New York libs was pretty stellar. Thank you, sir. And I owe you a response from a DM. Capro. I don't know what that says. St. Michael, just what I need tonight, a briefing. Run your mouth. King cock. Thank you, sir. At Libertarian Podcast Review, I concur. He held his ground fantastically. The end was a fun watch. Thank you, St. Michael. Jake Moore, it's only anecdotal, but I've talked to a lot of Trump voters, and they're sick of his baggage. They're going for DeSantis. I'm okay with that. I, I think also I'm getting a little annoyed with the whole Trump thing. Let's just move on. Let's move on. But that that's just me at the moment. Uh, all right, back to what I was talking about. So upset with everything going on with these Democrats, with the corona shit. I nearly showed up to vote down, take a Republican. Now, what would that have done? Absolutely nothing. I live in the state of Stanford. I mean, I live in Connecticut. I don't think that does shit. I, I, I bet we're, we're just all Democrats all the time. I don't even know when the last time a Republican ran around here. But then again, I don't even follow the local politics well enough to know. Anyways, I didn't bother to do that. Which sometimes is good, because then you get invested, and then you actually feel like uh, you were harmed, and then you end up with one of these people that's playing on a team, and then you can't have any free thoughts. Like, I once even had um, with uh, the New York Rangers, I don't follow hockey, and then one year, I think they were in the, 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 the I don't even know what they call it, the, the, they're, they're playing for the Stanley Cup, but they're in the, whatever the championship for hockey is called. I play hockey. I like the sport of hockey. Anytime I get to go see a live hockey game, maybe once a year, fan treated me this past year. Unbelievable seats at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's always a good time. I love watching myself some live hockey. But on this year, they were in the, you know, they're playing Stanley Cup. And I started following it. And then when they lost, I remember going home depressed. And I was like, why did I care? I don't even typically follow sports. I don't even typically follow sports. Now I'm all investing in this thing. And I think that's one of the problems is you start uh, voting, you start showing up, then you start really getting engaged in your team, and then all of a sudden you stop having free thoughts because it's all a personal indictment of you yourself. You kind of get invested, and you start identifying with it. However, when it comes to this whole red wave thing, I don't feel like I was reading that much about red waves leading up to the election. I feel like leading up to the election, I was actually reading reports that Democrats were going to be doing rather well. And then I was confused by that because I was like, are there that many people in this country that aren't upset with gas prices going up, with inflation, with government spending, and the fact that we were lied to about the COVID policy? Is this really something that people don't care about? It, it Really, there isn't more outrage about this. People aren't looking at Biden and just feeling like they were lied to because Biden's whole pitch is, hey, listen, it's been chaos with Donald Trump. But I'm really old and I've been doing this forever. So you put me in charge. We're going to have the adults back. Does it feel like the adults are back? Does it feel like the whole situation is in control? Or do we feel like we're back to the old government that wants to get us into wars, wants to spend even more money? So I was surprised. I was surprised that there wasn't more of a feeling of, hey, let's throw the bastards out. And I guess it's because people in the, uh, along the lines of throw the bastards out maybe disliked Trump so much they weren't kind of gunning for his candidates. They weren't getting excited for that. And, you know, I guess people got rallied about the uh, abortion stuff so they showed up to vote. I'm not totally in the know on these things. I'm just saying...
I wasn't too invested or expecting this red wave. And then suddenly, when the thing's over, they start going at their pile. Look at you, a bunch of losers. You didn't have your red wave. You were talking about red wave. You didn't have a red wave. Sure, you won. Sure, you won the Congress. But look, you guys are a bunch of losers because that red wave thing you were talking about didn't happen. Kind of seems to me like they overhyped the story in the last two days so that they could somehow play off the victory as a loss. Eh, I, that's kind of the way I'm seeing it. But like I said, sometimes I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm pretty honest when I go, hey, I really did my homework on this one. And then there's other times where I'm just fucking bullshitting. And this is one of the more bullshitting moments. And if you want to know how you can feel comfortable bullshitting, If we flake out one more time, I might have to call it a podcast and reconvene in the morning. But I don't want to do that because I've been procrastinating, getting this thing started. Now we're flowing. Now we're in the zone. I've overcome the calmness of my Adderall. I'm getting this thing going. These drugs aren't going to hold me back from throwing good energy at you guys and tangents and ranting. But I was trying to plug our sponsor. You know, YouTube tried to keep me from plugging our sponsor. You don't want me to make those sponsor dollars? YoCreatum.com, home of the $60 kilo. Greatest sponsor in all of comedy. Sheath. Pretty close second. They're right, they're right there. In terms of my personal sponsor relationships, they're probably tied. BeoCratum.com, home the $6 kilo. Go load up. Get yourself kilos for credit. Campaign. For Christmas this year, your kilos of Kratom are here. All right, there we go. Now, let's get into some non-news topics. I got some thoughts for my travels. I spent a whole weekend running around all of Texas, and now I hope my thoughts about my travels aren't boring to you guys. You can email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Maybe I'm coming off like uh, Marge Simpson's sisters when they came back with those slides and they're showing you pictures from their vacation because they're here, there, everywhere, and people are like, I don't fucking care about your travels. What are you, some Chinaman taking pictures of everything? I don't care. You went there. Great. I can go on Instagram and I can see hot chicks that were at that exact same location. I don't need pictures from your family vacation. Mr. Gleason, maybe ready the shed because my internet connection is not doing great. Also, if you want to come over, I'll I'll, uh, I'll shed cast after this. All right. We're, we're trying to be focused. We're on our meds tonight. We're not having side talks about the shed. We're getting into thoughts for my travels. And let's start with the double tree double charge. I'm letting you guys know. You got to be warned. I'm, I'm going to start teaching Jew classes because we're in a new era. I've been like, I've gone the opposite way with my Jewiness where I've been fortunate enough to not have to be extremely stressed about money because um, now at an age 34, where typically you're like, you got something coming in from your career. And then if you're smart enough not to have a wife and kids or girlfriends or anything that you really care about in life, you can get to a point where you can spend your money on sandwiches and expensive cups of coffee. And if you don't have the financial goals of ever actually saving for retirement and you don't really want to have a house uh, and you just don't generally care about anything, then you don't have to be too finicky with your cash. You can throw it on your credit card, buy your friend some lunch. You can be at the bar, have some drinks and, you know, you're not going to hit any financial goals, but who gives a shit? You don't have any. It's a better lifestyle. So for the most part, I got to say, I'm actually the other way. I'm not very cheap. I don't really care, but we're in a new world here. We're in a new world here where not only is there inflation, they're throwing fees at you from all angles. 
Now, if you're not policing your credit card, you go back and they're charging you for things they didn't tell you were going to charge you for. I got a secondary sales job now, which is I got to have to be one of these fucking cunts that actually looks through. I've never looked through my credit card ever. I saw last year there were a bunch of random charges. I was like, all right, I missed those. But now every time I get back from a fucking trip, I got to look through this credit card thing and start calling up these offices. And then, by the way, when you call up these offices, I'll teach you guys classes. You just have to keep asking and then eventually go, all right, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't have charged you that. You just really have to sit in the pocket and go, no, 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 no. And then finally they go, all right, this guy's not hanging up on me because they know what they did to you. So let's start with the double tree by Hilton. Firstly, my entire hotel game, I'm losing my fucking mind. I've described this before. Google Maps used to be the best way to search for hotel rooms. It used to be the best. You looked at where you were, you could look at the Google hotels, and then you could pick yourself a hotel. And I got to tell you, I don't like the discount sites. I don't like the discount sites because sometimes they got these off-the-grid hotel rooms where you think you're booking a nice hotel, but then they revamped like the, the janitor closet for Hotwire. It's like, so you think, wow, I got the, the five-star hotel at a discount, but little do you know you're in like the basement with the other discount shoppers that they've outfitted the janitor closet. All of a sudden, they've got smaller hotel rooms that used to be closets that they added a toilet to, but the toilet doesn't even have a door. It's got a sliding door. And if you want to use the amenities, you were on the discount site, so you got fees and you got a problem. Well, you bought it through the discount site. You didn't buy it through us. So I don't like the discount sites. I want to go direct so that if there's a problem, I can talk to your person at the counter and I can keep repeating no until they make it right. I can stand in their face. I can stand in the pocket and I can't be told, hey, go call Priceline, go call Hotwire. But they scam that system. That system doesn't work anymore because the pricing on Google Maps, they figured it out. And so there's deal sites that don't exist that put a price that doesn't exist into the algorithm. So the pricing you're looking at, it's just not real anymore. But now they're pulling in even more scam because you're booking your hotel room and you think you're all set. But now there's fine print where apparently you show up and then you find out, oh, even though this is outside the city and there's just a big open parking lot, you're going to have to pay for that parking. And even though that thing, that buffet that used to just be free and now it's just out and it's sitting there and you just walked in and you grabbed your cup of coffee, oh, look, there's a charge for that too. So I'm telling you people, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm on the lookout. I'm going to be a defender of your credit cards and I'm going to use my juice skills for good. You know, there's people out there and they're shaming Kanye and they're taking away the, 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 the Yeezy's money. I guess that's the same person. And then there's that one basketball player who uh, actually stood up to the COVID regime. And then what do you know? The Jews are coming after that guy also over some black Israelite thing, which I don't get. I'm going to have to dig into that one. I don't know why they're into the being the real Jews. You guys can just have it. Enjoy it. If anything, the fact that you're losing to Jew scams to the real Jews just showcases the fact that your Jew skills aren't there yet. But I'm going to start the Jew skill classes where I teach you guys how to combat these people. And now I'm telling you my whole life, I never wanted to be one of these people that had to look over their credit card statements and then call them up. But you got to do it. The double treat, double charge. It's not going to work on me. And then I'll also call out Hertz as being the worst. Hertz is the worst. Memorize that. You ever like want to go out? You know, like there's savings, the sayings one before one and three before four. I don't know what sayings I'm trying to get it, but Hertz is the worst. Have that logged in your brain. And not only is Hertz the worst, like how is Hertz worse than these other companies that are called like rent a wreck There was a dead body in it. I mean, you, you literally, the other, the other car companies are called rent a moving turd. Like they're called pay less. There's literally rent a wreck and every single one of them is better than Hertz.
hurts because there's something about that the nicer the place is and the more money that you're spending, the more of a cunty attitude they have. The more those people treat you like they're doing you a favor. That's what you get when you spend more money is people that are going to be bigger dicks to you to try and make it seem like you owe them for the experience of being allowed to spend more money with them. All right. What else do I have on my list from, uh, from, uh, of, oh, here's another thing. You know, I feel like I spend way too much time wandering around in other people's city centers just looking for a decent cup of coffee and food that's not going to poison me. I'll admit it, there was a glory time in this show where me and Yosel, Yosel, used to sit down and do nothing but talk sandwiches. Two fat men talking about their love for bread, cheese, and whatever other things you were going to basically stuff between that. Some hot sauces, some fried food. There was a glory time in this show where I could eat whatever the fuck I wanted, and my God, did we broadcast about it, and those days are over, especially when I'm on the road. When I'm on the road now, I basically get to walk around and take note of things I'd like to eat, but can't eat, because I get sick real easy when I'm out there. We're not going to get into those details. We've, we've done full episodes on diarrhea. That's not one of these shows. So now I find overeating, it's a home game activity, and my God, when I come back from the road, I'll spend three days in this house eating nothing but donuts. That's what I do. But when I'm out there, I'm not eating that way. And I feel like my eating habits aren't that crazy. Just uh, like I walk around a whole downtown area. I'm basically just looking for some eggs. Can someone just start opening up that store called We Have Fucking Eggs? We'll put it on whole wheat and some other healthy shit. Also, smoothie shops. I'm putting smoothie shops on blast because I'm not back there. And you're smoothing it all together. And the smoothie's not even supposed to taste good. So I've got no way of telling if you're drugging my smoothie. I know I'm like a... I'm, I'm like a... a, a, a paranoid schizophrenic at this point but i'm just saying you're mixing together things of odd colors shapes, sizes smells scents and flavors i got no way of validating it and then here's the craziest thing about a smoothie shop they're taking way too much time back there i've made smoothies at home what does it take two fucking minutes i mean you're literally throwing ingredients randomly into a blender and pressing a button it should be the world's quickest process i don't know why you're taking four times longer than if i went to a gourmet restaurant it should be the quickest thing. By the way, New York City smoothie shops, they got their shit together. I don't know what it is about these other towns. You can walk around their entire downtown area, and for some reason, all the food's not going to open till 11. Their coffee tastes like piss. Their hotel's got lines, and they got douchey attitudes with bad food. And then you find one open smoothie shop, and it's going to take them a half hour, and they're going to put food in it that's going to fucking poison you. I don't know what's going on in these other downtown areas or why you guys live in them or tolerate it. All right, Stephen, I know that you're there, but I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're getting through this, pe this page of topics. Uh, all right, dude, Texas shows were fucking awesome. I didn't, love, uh, I didn't necessarily love getting poisoned by a smoothie shop or someone else who decided to pass me some dairy. Uh, but other than that, Texas was fucking awesome. We can work backwards. Texas A&M with myself, BK Chris, and then we randomly picked up Dean Stanford, who is absolutely hilarious because we were out drinking at the uh, Creek in the Cave night before till like 2 in the morning, and he was a blast, and I was like, we're doing the show tomorrow. You want to come with? And he's like, fuck you, yeah, I'll come with, and he was a great ride along. Um, prior to that, we did the Backyard Show um with uh, adam Lindsay, he came out scott horton he did some comedy that one pretty great star wars podcast is out it was another even though it's non-porch tour season we had a good time with that day before that i was with brian in uh fort worth and that was a hell of a show that was a fun one for kind of smaller room comedy club late at night friday night people still came out at 10 p.m i got to spend on some time on scott's boat got an education on whatever question i wanted to ask him good times in texas thank you for everyone that came out and uh, made it happen. Um, all right. 
two more comments, and then we'll get to my good friend Stephen, who's going to break down financial scams for us. Before we do that, I've ranted a bunch. Let's take a couple uh, comments here. E-commerce uh, since, holy fire, I just caught your live streaming. I ne never get notifications for you. Yeah, that's the algorithm for you. Hippie, Hertz is the worst, Hertz is the worst, Hertz is the worst. That guy's getting it. Robbie, love your appearance on Corrine's podcast, Absolute Lawyer. Jude the hell out of that scientist. Thank you, Mr. Dave. Feel like I could have done uh, better, and I do have some thoughts about it. We'll address it later in the show because it was, it was a little much for me. You know, I'm a kind, peaceful, loving individual, and it's weird looking into the eyes of a room of people overtaken by the devil who are so convinced that their actions are moral and righteous it, it, I feel like it's literally people possessed, kind of like in the exorcism. And, you know, I don't want to be the priest giving out the holy water. I want someone else to cure him first, and then I could go, okay, here's, here's the information that you needed. Because otherwise, it's just visceral hatred that comes out of them as they, as they look upon you, the man who can free their souls from these devilish thoughts of that government's here to help them. I'm just trying to free them. I'm trying to free their minds a little bit. And you give them facts and reasons, and they just get so mad at you. All right, this is a pretty arrogant takeaway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nave, everyone look at Rob because he's off on a fucking boat. Um, I can see Kyle. All right, I don't know what that guy's talking about. Uh, Steven, I promise. I see you there. We're going to get to you in a second. Smaller planes. I prefer small flying on smaller planes. Everyone gives shit to the smaller planes. What's a smaller plane? Single aisle weight, double seats on both sides, one bathroom in the back. That's the way that smaller planes work. Here's what's great about smaller planes. Firstly, they don't let most people take their baggage uh, on board. It's quicker to unload and offload. It's less of a production. They don't have the cunty attitude of, hey, you're on our big plane, like I was talking about, nicer places. They just come with cuntier attitudes. Smaller planes, they don't fuck around. They load the plane, they fly the plane, you get off the plane. There's no bullshit. And since they're less popular, there's usually open seats. It's less expensive to get upgrades like sit in the exit rows. And very often on smaller planes, there will be open seats. You can uh, spread your legs and you can fart wherever you want. That's what's nice about the smaller planes. There is something that I realized. When you get on bigger planes, they do like the 10, 15 minutes of announcements. They got to pull the things down from the roof. They got to tell you about how the oxygen mass works. They got to tell you about all the things that aren't going to save your life. But they, they spend 15 minutes, you know, coming over, making sure that you understand, hey, verbal agreement, you're sitting in an exit row here. Hey, if the mass comes down, they don't do that on smaller planes because I think on a smaller plane, they're just like, yeah, if it goes wrong, you're fucked. Like, we're not, we're not even going to try and pretend on this thing. If, if we hit some turbulence and things start happening, you chose to small the flyer, the smaller plane, so that's on you. But I'm still coming out pro smaller planes. Smaller planes are the way to go. Uh, here's another thing when it comes to, uh, to, to hotels. Do they, 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 they broadcast hotel checkout time? Because I feel like that's the biggest variable. I tend to get into a hotel room at, like, 12, and then they got, like, 11 a.m., and then sometimes they're dicks, and they're like, it's got to be 11 they're like, can you give me a little bit more? You got to zoom. You got to zoom. You just got to ask. A, you got to get in their face and you got to ask a couple times. Uh, all right. We're going to save that last comment for another time. Let's bring Steven on. Here we go. Steven, wait. You got to give me a second. I got I to gotta make a couple adjustments. Nope. That's the wrong adjustment. Give me a second here. Let me plug in. There you go. Can you hear me, Mr. Steven? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Come, come through. Before we get into uh, the financial scams here, why don't we just uh, let's finish off my news topics? Because uh, small planes. What? That they're way better, right? 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you, you got to go, go small airport, airport private, private again. All right. Oh, this is perfect. Right on cue. Corona-related topic. So this is from the Week magazine. Alcohol-related deaths saw a massive increase during COVID-19 uh, pandemic. CDC says. And firstly, that's just from one year. <laughs> Think about the math of changed habits of the over the course of a lifetime. Like, so for all these people that are still standing by that the COVID policy was good and that, hey, we can just have everyone stay in their homes, we can shut down, we can tell them that they can't work their jobs, we can stress people out by telling them that they got to get vaccines. Alcohol-related deaths saw a massive increase during COVID-19 pandemic, and that's just this year. Think about the changed habits of all of us as we became unhealthy over the course of an entire lifetime. Um, all right. What else we got? I got more here. Anti-Defamation League. Stop hate for profit. So the Anti-Defamation League has been leading the cause of getting people to come off of Twitter because uh, it's been taken over by Elon Musk. And I would like to point something out. The Anti-Defamation League is literally engaged for hate for profit. They hate the opinions of people like me. They hate free speech. And so they are collecting other groups of people in a form of censorship that empowers them and helps them make money. That is hate for profit. So it, there's an irony there. Steven, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah this, this reminds me of the change change condition. This is the, the same exact thing. I even think it's the same fucking logo when, <laughs> when, when these people boycotted Facebook. Uh, all right. Now we've got Nancy Pelosi, who said the attack on her husband will impact her retirement decision, which is a great way to leave office. Because either it's like a Palpatine moment where she's like, my resolve will be even stronger after I check, check out Anderson Cooper's face, face right, right here. here. Okay. What do you what think is going, going on? on? What do you mean? He just he looks, looks very, very excited. excited. Or something, or something just touched, touched him. him. Um, I think he's thinking about the cocks he gets to suck later. <laughs> <laughs> he's just thinking about what he has left at home uh or she's gonna pull the i don't feel safe doing this anymore i i i like she was gonna leave anyways because she can't take the stock tips anymore they might change the law she's realizing why am i gonna hang out and do this shitty job and so instead of leaving she's gonna go well i just don't feel safe that's how bad this country's gotten because of Donald Trump, I can't safely continue to do this position when the real reason is, is, uh, you know, since Epstein's gone, it's just not as easy for them to get a hold of kids. So between that and the stock tips, why would you even stick around? All right. Last one. Biden says midterms were a good day for democracy uh, because, of course, if the other side wins, then we don't have a democracy anymore. But everyone should still respect the outcome. All right, Stephen. Let's get into it because this was a interesting week in uh, specifically crypto news. Uh, for one, um, sadly, it looks like, uh, and I'm going solely off the tweets, Jeremy Kaufman's library lost uh, their case um, and that they, I believe, are considered a security, um, which I know that that substantially changes the dynamics for a lot of what some people might call shit coins, but I would just say the DeFi operation and might even affect some of uh, Bitcoin in general of whether or not cryptos need to be sold as securities and would be under basically the authority of the SEC. Bitcoin is a commodity from the okay. government and the IRS. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Audio is goofy. So I'm going to take a second here. Is my audio goofy? Is Steven's audio goofy? I think, I it's, think it's mine. mine. mine, 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 mine. 
Oh, still. I think, is it the hum? I think, uh, Steven, you just got like a bit of a hum going. But it's not bothering me that much. Maybe it's bothering these other folks. Oh, at Robbie the Fire, Steven Audio is coming through doubled. I know how to correct that. Hold on one second. Um, all right, let's give it a second. I think if I remove this, that should be gone. Let's find out if that's now gone. Check, check. Yeah, I think it's... Check. I think it's good now. Are you wearing headphones? I am. Yeah, let's find out. Let us know. St. Michael, you're the last... Before, I was, I was hearing my voice in the headphones, and now I'm not. Um. All right. I'm going to wait for the next comment. All right. Now they're saying it sounds good. Thank you, people, in the comments for letting us know. Sweet. All right. So, Stephen, let's get into the expertise here. We had a, a, a platform, a pretty large crypto platform, come down entirely. Uh, I, while I've left all my funds on both Gemini and Coinbase, I understand that they probably are engaging in fractional reserve banking, and I'm at risk for such practices. So, Stephen, lay us on it. On, lay it on us. People have been distracted. Everyone's talking about midterms, red waves, white waves, no waves. Right. Let us know. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, so the savagery of what just happened is something I think we'll never see before, and I've no one's ever seen before. And what do I mean by that? So first off, out of the bat, what's going on is all about international crypto exchanges. And so right now there are two people, uh, two characters. We have Sam Bakeman fried 30 years old. He runs the crypto exchange FTX. And then we have CZ of Binance, who runs Binance. And <laughs> this basically all happens about last month when Sam Bakeman fried starts lobbying a lot. And he's actually the second biggest donor to Democratic politicians in this recent uh, this recent uh, election cycle. And so he, Sam Bankman-Fried was behind the scenes a lot lobbying for against decentralized finance. In a lot of ways, he was trying to make everyone come under a more regulated view and essentially prop up his own company and and basically talking shit on people like Binance who are the very opposite side of the coin, very decentralized. And so, uh, and, and very international too, and um, versus uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. But so basically what, what happened was Someone anonymously leaked a balance sheet of Sam Bagman Freed's FTX.com uh, crypto exchange. And it turned out that of the $10 billion of dollars that he had in assets at the time, about half of it was this FTT token. And it turns out that the FTT token is something that Sam Bagman Freed's crypto exchange actually prints and uses as rewards. <clears throat> so what we're basically seeing here is if Starbucks use Starbucks reward points, as collateral to get a loan to then keep funding their operations instead of using the money uh, responsibly. So again, so um, which is a hell of a financial scheme. I mean, that's a hell of yeah. a financial scheme, like to be going to the stock market and going, "Hey, we've got a billion dollars in uh, in let's say funds," and then you find out the funds are literally their own personal casino chips. And and it gets and. The reason that it was a little bit murkier is because back to Sam Bankman-Fried, he also runs and have founded this hedge fund called Alameda. And this is where it gets interesting. This so, is the uh, the guy who wears shorts, has a fro in my face. Exactly. And, and okay. came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Second largest donor to Democrats this cycle. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm right behind George Soros, right? And okay. he was, and again, really behind the scenes. And a couple of weeks ago, what he did is uh, he basically talked shit on Twitter against CZ and Binance. They're talking about these regulations. <clears throat> and uh, CZ basically said, no, like we need to be more open and fair. And then Sam Bankman free tweeted back, are you even allowed in the United States? Question mark. And so, so Sam, Sam Bankman was uh, on, like he was pushing for greater decentralization and less uh, government other regulation. Around. Other so way around. Sam Bakeman, who's the guy who failed, whose yes. platform just failed, he was looking to have government further regulate the crypto markets. Precisely. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly, which is really interesting. And so much so it was kind of like pissing off the crypto community. And again, right. we, we need to make differences between Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Cryptos are largely unregulated securities, kind of like this library that you were saying versus Bitcoin, which again, is already a commodity. It's been one since 2013. But uh, yeah, so that being said, so this balance sheet gets leaked on Twitter and crypto Twitter goes crazy saying like, this is so ridiculous. Like how, how can half of your balance sheet be on this thin air token? And so, and so everything's a little murky. And then CZ of Binance comes out on Twitter and this is where the savagery comes in. He says, Hey, we have 500 million to a billion dollars of your FTT token. We don't like the recent revelations. We're going to be selling it. And, and all of a sudden, this starts a cascading bank run on Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX.com. And it all first starts with the FTT token. So people start selling, 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 selling. And because that FTT token makes up most of Sam Bankman-Fried's balance sheets on both his hedge fund, Alameda, and as well as his other FTXtrading.com company, his assets are plummeting. And he also used these same tokens to get a, a loan, a collateralized loan. And it turns out that this collateralized loan that was getting kind of paid for between his FTX.com exchange and his Almeda hedge fund was actually partly customer funds. So the people that would deposit some of their funds and make buy orders for things like Bitcoin, their money was actually getting placed into other places, kind of like this FTT token. And so what happens is Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX exchange was actually using customer funds, giving it to his hedge fund, Almeida's Brothers trading facility. And in, in exchange, they would give each other this FTT token, which on paper has value, right? Just like Starbucks rewards points has value, but not after CZ of Binance found out, tweeted this, started a bank run, and all of a sudden, six billion dollars worth of deposits came rushing out of ftx and everyone trying to get their money until they stopped withdrawals and um and and now we're pretty much here where we are they're bankrupt sam bankman fried has his assets frozen and it's pretty much been shown that he's been running this um and again this actually only affects international players no one in the us is actually able to use ftx.com um, and same with Binance. So in, in the United States, you actually use things like Gemini Coinbase, which is interesting because the little regulation that we do have wouldn't allow for someone like Sam Bankman free to do what he did here with the, the secret hedge fund. So, um, so yeah, just an amazing move by two industry giants. And again, like one was actually doing what, which was probably illegal. <laughs> and, you know, he's probably going to jail. So we'll find out um, while the other is taking the other side of that coin and putting everything out in the open. Now, uh, when the Binance CEO, I guess, put that out, uh, was that illegal for him to put out? It seems almost <laughs> odd that you can do that to a competitor. I mean, for a while there, everyone, 
everyone, even people that have been in the space for eight or 10 years, were just like, this is the craziest day I've ever seen. Because first off, no one really had the probability that SBF would be so greedy with and actually use customer deposits and not have them there to the point where he could cover them. Right. And what's interesting is as the story's playing out, remember that Luna thing we talked about back in the summer? Maybe. I remember the word Luna. I don't remember anything past that. Yeah, it was where the thing went, eh, and then it just fell. It was, right. it was like the guy, it was like this fake stable coin or whatever. But anyway, uh, apparently like out the hedge fund got into a lot of trouble in the summer. And so that's where they kind of did this backroom FTT deal where they kind of printed some more of these FTT tokens. And again, they had a they had a market value at the time. So they could just kind of write that into thin air and then use that as leverage to keep using more and more funds. And so that's how they kind of kept alive in the summer. And of course, the real question is who leaked that balance sheet? And then, of course, what CZ did was like right on the borderline. It wasn't illegal because he didn't say like, go get your funds out of FTX. But what he did say is pretty much, you know, go get him, you know, but he did it in coded language. All right. Anything else on this topic? Um, Just like... I just think it's amazing that, you know, CZ could have taken care of this behind the scenes, you know, and that's what a lot of people are saying. He could have said like, Hey, like if you want to call him out, call him out behind the scenes, make a deal. And then, you know, but you know, by doing it all out in public, um, they, Hey man, if a guy's running a Ponzi scheme, which yeah. is essentially, this is just a different version of that. Uh, I mean, dude, every bank in the world's a Ponzi scheme. And so at least if you're in American banks, it's backed by the Federal Reserve and the entire system is not going belly up right now. They might continue to, you know, erode the value of your money through uh, systemic inflation. Uh, but if you're going abroad and you're putting your money into some Ponzi scheme, uh, basically a crypto bank, uh, the idea that you would think that the idea that any international casino or crypto platform or I would even guess most trading platforms are not engaging in fractional reserve banking which is essentially is not at the risk of a bank run. I think you're dumb. And I even think that myself sitting on Gemini and Coinbase, I would be surprised if there isn't some version of fractional reserve banking going on <clears throat> on those platforms. They're actually doing what's called proof of reserves. Like Kraken does that. Um, I don't know about Gemini or Coinbase, but there's some other exchanges that do that. Can't be a hundred percent. I'm sure that like they don't have the Rob Bernstein wallet that's got my shit in there. Uh, that, yeah, that's how the, Bitcoin, that's how the, you can do that on Bitcoin. I'm sure you can do it, but you're telling me I haven't withdrawn a single money in two years. They're not going ahead and using my money because they, because they've done the math on what percentage of people to like, that they might be better. I'm you. saying they might be better than a typical bank. A typical bank is at a 10 to one ratio. So they, they might be, uh, presuming that 50% of, you know, whatever's there needs to be liquid. But the idea that they're not taking some percentage of it to lend out or otherwise invest, I, I would be surprised by. It depends what exchange. Some some do cold storage too, so you can't really do that. And then like in some where you're earning maybe 2 or 3% yield, then yeah, they, right. they do that because that's like kind of in the terms of service, they might lend out a little bit. But but um yeah, I think I think it's more likely they kind of use that as leverage to get a loan for more money, which is kind of what FTX did, but they did it in this very sneaky way of like printing their own fucking token and then the second you use client funds, like that's exactly a pawn. That's that's just it's illegal, right? Like that's an absolute and then you lie about it, like you know. 
<laughs> you know, how's it hanging right. out? You're going to jail, but yeah. Jeez, I got to put my phone on silent. I'm trying yeah, to broadcast dude, you're, over you're, here. You're excited. Uh, all right. I do want to comment on a uh, podcast that I did yesterday. I think fans of this show will enjoy very much. Um, there was a uh, live stream of midterm election coverage in Brooklyn, New York. It was uh, Corinne Fisher's podcast called Without a Country. And uh, I would particularly recommend starting with the last half hour where I battled uh, the entire audience in regards to United States COVID policy. And I feel that our fan base would particularly enjoy that segment. The other segment that I think you guys would particularly enjoy is in the middle. I was challenging why people hated Trump as much as they did. And I was explaining that, in my opinion, a lot of it is that uh, it's my theory that people are looking for their president to basically be a more dignified rapist that we understand that our politicians are evil, but like if they conduct themselves like Barack Obama, we can pretend that we're participating in this illusion that we're mortal, that they, that they feel more comfortable with that, that little piece. I feel like I won that argument and I feel like that, that, that somewhere in the middle is worthwhile. The end of the show went a little bit more off the rails. Cause I, I here's the thing I said to Mike Harrington, who I love Mike and Mike, I believe is actually a fan of my comedy, which I appreciate very much. And if you go down the run your mouth archives, he was essentially the co-host of the show for at least a year when we were doing it at gas digital. And I had a lot of fun doing the show with Mike. It was a slightly different style, but I had a lot of fun. Mike was, Mike's a great co-host. And uh, I, I feel like somewhat what that dynamic is now captured on uh, um, BK Chris's podcast notes of a goon. Uh, in 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 some fashion, their dynamic because my my BK Chris is different than I am. Hilarious. He's got a great show. Also doing news, politics, and analysis. You guys can go check that out. And I feel like part of the Mike Harrington flavor and what he adds to political conversations is captured there. Don't leave yet, Mister Stephen. All right. So we're I uh, so I appreciate him having me. I said up front, hey, I think this is going to be a clash. Now I went in there knowing. I, with the intention of let me try and dodge having any fights in any capacity. I don't want to take over the show because I know that I'm more than capable. I'm going to try and just hang out and be funny. And to Corinne's credit, I feel like throughout the show, there were a lot of jokes that I threw out there that were my style, harsh kind of bordering, just conspiracy nonsense jokes that her and Mike laughed at. And I don't think the audience particularly appreciated, but I feel like the, the two of them knew that I was swinging for funny. At the end of the show, we finally, I mean, I floated a bomb. I I, I started the grenade. Example. What? Example. Can you no. give us an example? So I started the grenade with a comment about Ron Johnson. It, it was in the last half hour of the show. So I started it where I was like, I liked Ron Johnson. Why? Uh, someone asked why. And I, I left it for them to ask why. And I said, because he's the doing the best work going after Hunter Biden. And he's the one guy who's trying to document injuries from the COVID vaccine. And so someone goes, well, why would you want to do that? And I go, well, because if it was harmful and you were forced to take it, wouldn't you want to know it? And then, and now I want, I honestly wasn't trying to do this. And then someone goes, well, who was forced to take it? I was like, what do you mean? I mean, every single person whose job was threatened. Now, sadly, the, there's no audience, Mike. So you can't quite hear some of what I'm reacting to. Uh, now I would be able, firstly, I would be able to handle the situation better if I did it a second time. I also don't have much of an interest in 
yelling with an audience about politics. I almost like I, I, I'm trying to steer this ship for funny as much as I can. And I don't feel like that's my I don't feel like that's my specialty. It doesn't make me feel good. And I don't really know what the point is. But I uh, what was a little bit disingenuous was it felt like every single time I I answered something, someone would yell something at me that was not on topic to what the point that we were just discussing and that the audience couldn't quite follow like nuanced reasoning where I, maybe I lack some clarity because at one point I was like, we're not having an art like, and I didn't even say it. I was like, yeah, I don't think the vaccine was effective, but that's actually not the point we're making right now. And so just the two things that kind of had me very flustered where I was almost not trying to get angry, which was hard to do was it seems like every time I disproved what they were saying, the goalpost changed and someone else yelled at me. And then the other thing that felt a little bit disingenuous, and this is particularly in regards to um, inflation. No, I'm not, not, not inflation. They were saying and it, you, that Biden has no control over gas prices. <laughs> I made an argument that he's changed the investment strategy and that by shutting down things like the Keystone Pipeline and telling companies that he's trying to change the industry towards green energy. He's changing the investment strategy because you can't even forecast that if you're making an investment that might pay off in 10 years from now, that increases supply because new regulation might come in that doesn't even let you sell the product. So we're not making the moves to increase supply. And the argument was ignored and it was just responded with, well, it's been widely uh, proved that the president doesn't control oil prices. That there's something to me where it's like, if you're not, if you're not prepared to have the conversation, it feels disingenuous to just quote me something that you heard in the times. Like I just made an argument. You got to take on the argument and I'm better that way. People come on here all the time and I don't agree with them. And I go, I'm at like, I don't just dismiss the idea. If anything, I'm trying to hear out the idea and see if maybe you knew something that I didn't. It seems like, uh, so those were the two things I was getting a little bit frustrated by was the dismissiveness where it's like, well, I just, I just gave you an idea and I actually know that my, so let's address that, but let's not just dismiss it that because I said something you haven't heard, it can't be right. And in my head, I didn't say this, but it's like, if a year ago I told you, Hey, this is going to cause inflation. You could be like, well, no, Paul Krugman already said, no, it's like, people are wrong on things. Why don't we actually discuss the, the idea? And I might be wrong. I'm very open to being like, I actually think that's one of the, uh, strong suits and being able to have conversations is if you're open to being wrong, then your ego is not hurt if you are wrong. And then you're actually more open to being educated because you're not invested in like being right. So I, 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 I watching it back, I realized I missed some moments cause I got tripped up or at some point, like I even said like, no, I'm not arguing with the vaccine because we were having a different conversation where it started off and, uh, all right, let, I, I want to be clear here. I appreciated the opportunity. It was fun. If there was one thing I was frustrated by, it seemed like the goalposts kept moving that every time I disproved something, they pretended like that's not what we were talking about. And then it's uh, it felt like at times the ideas were being dismissed just because they must be wrong. Uh, and so, I mean, everyone, can, you guys can check it out. You can tell me what you thought, but I, I did find that to be frustrating. Now, Stephen, here was... Yeah, go sorry. I mean, do you think it's about the argument now? Because I've kind of interacted with some of these people too. And... I don't think they want to be proven wrong. And like, it's almost like you're speaking a different language. And I think it goes beyond, you know, you trying to make a point. It's really scary almost. 
Yeah. Well, I I did my best to just try and keep my cool because I feel like losing your cool, you just you you just you kind of lose. Now there was a funny moment. I'm telling you, this was a funny moment. I'm pretty well, less so. You're sharper than I am. My memory's not as good. I'm very good on themes, and sometimes I get I'm not great with like the particulars. And when you have an audience like that, if you say any of the particulars wrong, you're just instantly dismissed. So, like, for example, I quoted the Deborah Burks thing and they said, well, who's Deborah Burks? And I was almost surprised that they hadn't heard the name. And then I didn't want to give the title because I didn't know her specific title. And I was like, well, if I get that wrong now, it's like, even though I know I'm I'm right about my idea, I come off as being wrong. So there was a funny moment because I'd said earlier on, I was like, I'll debate anyone on the COVID stuff. I know everything. And then I made a comment where she said something about being a vaccine. And I said, I think it's marketing to call it a vaccine because this is new technology vaccines give you something for your body to react to. This is giving you the solution. I think it's marketing that they called it a vaccine. And then, and, and then I said something that I wasn't sure what was accurate, which is I said, it gives you the spike protein. Firstly, I'll just stop there. Is that the way that the MRNA was working, that it was giving you the spike protein? It, I describe it like instead of injecting you with like the Ikea couch, they're instructing you with the instructions to make the Ikea. Right. Couch. So that I understand. And then I realized when I said the spike protein part, I was like, I, I think your body produces the spike protein off the instructions. And I realized, I realized I thought that I had that wrong. And I was like, I have everything. And I was like, I just realized, Oh, the second I said, I was like, I think that technically is not accurate. What I'm saying is correct. But the, the second I said the spike protein part, I was like, I don't think that that part was accurate. A lady stood up who was getting like her doctorate currently in like something in the topic. And I realized I just screwed that point up and she stood Uh up and then someone takes out and I was like, I'll debate anyone. Like she's a doctor. I was like, yeah, fake vaccine doctor. Let's do it. Right. And (laughs) And I realized that the starting point was that I just said something that wasn't wrong and the whole audience is hostile. And then someone took out their phone right next to them. So ready to like film it and put it on TikTok. like dumb conspiracy theorists get schooled by, by doctor. And then it was funny because I demolished this lady because she came up and she goes, well, we needed this style of vaccine because traditional vaccines wouldn't work. And then I just stopped her to go, well, yeah. so you're you admitting that this I didn't I wish I was sharper and said you just said so this isn't traditional vaccine. I just wasn't sharp enough. I was like, so this is new and different. All right. Then you're not arguing with what I said. And then they pivoted it where they went, well, you said that it doesn't it doesn't work. And I was like and then th- this also where I wasn't sharp enough. Well, I agree with that. But I, if I was sharp, I would have been like, I agree with that. But that's not what we were debating right now. What we're debating right now is me saying that this isn't a traditional vaccine and you guys trying to attack me. But then that kept happening where it was changing. But I'm telling you, the, the starting point of that, I, I've been so excited this whole time to debate some liberal. And then I, I specifically on this topic, every other topic, I don't know enough about this one. I feel like I've done my homework on. And if I know I have to prepare for it, you and I could sit down. But when when she stood up and someone took out their phone, I was like, oh, I, I, I was like, I might, I, I'm about to go down as a dummy because I misspoke on the spike protein, but she didn't pick up on it. <laughs> she didn't even pick up on. So what was no, her argument? No, it, she, I, it, they just weren't following me. They were not following me because she basically was trying to explain how we needed this new technology because, oh, because old technologies so wouldn't work. And but why not? It, but what? Wait, what was that? Why not? What do you mean? Why, why wouldn't the old school technologies work? Oh, because uh, the way that um, viruses like RSV and colds mutate, I guess lo- uh, dead viruses wouldn't be effective for it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's true, but it doesn't change what I was saying, which is 
uh, that it's marketing to call this a vaccine. Um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, I made my other points of like, I don't think that there was ever good evidence of the utility of this, but um, whatever. I, I think fans of this show would appreciate it. It's the last 20 minutes. And then there was that moment in the middle. And then the, the whole show was, uh, you know, it was overall, it's fun. It was live, live broadcast. I was throwing out jokes here and there. Um, but the, that last 20 minutes was, uh, was, was pre pretty wild. How many people were there? Um, 30 and they all hate me. <laughs> I was oh for 30 in the room. That's not entirely true. I had, uh, Andy, uh, 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 Malfarina was hanging out on the back. He comes out on the road with me, uh, the hilarious comedian, uh, and then some of the gas digital crew, but the audience was all very much like liberal, 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 uh, lib libs the ultra libs the ultra educated hey i read the new york times don't tell me other libs and then this is not this wasn't on the mic and i'm so uh, like because when people were just yelling at me one person because i made some point about whatever and someone goes uh some guy goes well you know uh um like he was like renewable energy is more cost effective than oil I was like, that's just not true. And then he said it again. I was like, fine. She so said it confidently. You must be right. But I didn't get a chance to address that because then they just changed on me. But like, just think about it. If renewables work better than oil and gas, why would we ever be consuming oil and gas? If they actually worked and they were more cost effective, then that's what we would be using. You wouldn't need government to step in and try and mandate this other thing away. If, if, if oil and gas actually got me from here to there for less money, then go into a gas pump. Why would I ever see a gas pump? Why? Why? If you're telling me that the other thing is more cost effective. Now, what probably, and this is giving him too much credit, is that he probably read somewhere that it's more cost effective. And that's pricing in the supposed issues of global warming, which is going to be faulty math. So it could be, by the way, it could be that there is some talking point out there that with pricing in for the harmful effects of global warming, that um, windmills are actually more cost effective. But that, that even that would be generous. The idea that me burning coal is a, is is more expensive. You go stand on your property and run a farm off a windmill. I'll be over here uh, working with coal. And your theory is that at the end of the year, you're going to be able to sell your goods for cheaper because your electricity was cheaper than mine. Can't but, be true. So let me get this right. You were performing stand-up and these people were no, it wasn't just yelling at you. It, oh, it, okay. it wasn't stand-up. It wasn't stand-up. But I still got like stand-up feelings where it's like I didn't I didn't come out. This is at a comedy club. I didn't come out for a debate. So like, you know, I wasn't I wasn't oh, trying okay. to be like too yelly, which didn't work by the end. All right. I feel like this was uh self-aggrandizing enough of a recap. <laughs> Steven, what else you got going on in your life? Oh man, nothing, dude. Just uh, surviving. Um, yeah, no, reaching out, doing some gig work, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the weather. It's calm down. What's the gay work here. you're doing? The gay work? Yeah, that's what you just said. Yeah. Oh well, the gig work. But if you want oh, some okay. of that, oh, South LA, <laughs> uh, Harbor Boulevard, yeah, Westminster, um, Whittier, yeah. All right, and while I have you, any uh, any recent hot COVID takes? Oh, man. Um, There's only been one recent interesting story, which uh, Alex Berenson has been reporting, which is that uh, the funeral companies with the all-cause mortality are like, hey, our profits are still like floating pretty good. Like They'd report it to people with corona 
going, hey, we're having a really good year, but don't expect this all the time. And now they're like, hey, for some reason, the profits are staying real good, even though this Corona thing is not really an issue anymore. We don't know what it is, but there's something. Must be the fluoride. Dude, I I just think they got away with it. I think there's so much other like economical stuff going on and like the recession that's coming. And I, I think, um, you know, no one's really going to look into it. I, I think there wasn't a big enough uh, what like Republican takeover. Right. Like so there's not going to be no investigations anymore. Um, I'm just really skeptical and kind of disappointed, man, because um, we, we've kind of nailed it the whole time. Like I listened to part of the problem. You guys are right, too. It's just I, I don't see anyone being held accountable. I see Fauci like riding away in his fucking private jet, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. The uh, you thought he made money while he was in office. Now he'll go work at one of these companies as the consultant. I mean, currently the old head of the FDA, I think, is currently on the Pfizer board. Uh, so that's kind of the way it works. Right. And um, yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, I, I just think it's really sad. Um, I The next one will be interesting. You know, I heard they're trying to make new mRNA vaccines for something else. You know, I I just don't know. Um, yeah, CRISPR. I'm, I, I'll get excited for some CRISPR. Yeah, some dude. Crispy well, be crispers. careful. That's largely overblown. A lot of the people they do that to, like, die. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's a little bit harder. I mean, it's good if you want to do, like, gain of function. So, like, people that have, like, one gene that causes blindness will, will get, like, a... Uh, a, a, a gene therapy in their eye that will help it. But like, as far as like creating um, babies bigger, and whatnot, bigger it, dicks with smarter intelligence and better heads of hair. Oh, do they have pumps for that? Yeah, I'm sure. Or like medication or there'll, there'll be better ways. Yeah. Okay. As long as that happens within my lifetime, Steven, that, always a pleasure. Be yeah. Before we call an episode, let's plug sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off. It's the holiday season. Sales have incredible sales going on, but if you use one of the incredible sales, I think Black Friday might be as much as like 30 or 40% off. Just uh, shoot Robert an email. Let him know that you heard about him from the pod. And uh, let me tell you, I'm a full-time sheather. It's a better lifestyle. Steven, have you tried out the sheaths yet? Not it's yet. Okay if you haven't, we're going to have to get you hooked up. Next summer porch store, I'll bring some sheets out for you. Fresh ones. Not, not, you know, I won't bring you no used sheets. I'll bring you fresh sheets. That being sheets. said, my underwear game is so lacking. It's not even funny right now. Well, um, you, you need you yeah. need crypto to get back up to that 60k so you can finally uh unwind it. some of your leverage positions well i can buy sheath with bitcoin actually so i might use some of my mind bitcoin to do that pretty soon not bad i think it's a worthwhile investment for the christmas sale all right there everybody and uh check out a bunch of live shows coming up we're going to be in uh next one i got is next weekend i will be in new orleans uh and then and by the way dudes like the New Orleans show, I rented a like a. I mean, it's gonna be a good show. I rented a dance studio, but like, dude, I'm working on like a new trans chunk. I'm working on material that I it, it it's comedy club funny, but I would not tell it in comedy clubs because it just it, I would have what I just experienced in Brooklyn. So we're off the radar. We're off the grid. I'm working venues that fans have hit me up because they've personally found this is some fucking gangster rock and roll shit. So come support. Come support Pirate radio. Baby. There you go. If you're listening to the show, you guys are the audience for this. These are funny jokes and come here, come have a laugh. It's a new 10 minutes of just anti-trans stuff that I couldn't do in a comedy club. So underage drinking allowed. I don't know about that. We won't say that out loud, <laughs> but you know, we're not, sure. I'm not sniffing your water bottles. I ain't, I ain't high school. I ain't high school teacher. All right. That's it for me. Thanks everybody for hanging out. And, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas city, 
Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, and uh, only a couple more shows going to be announced on the entire year. All right, that's it. Later, dude. Later, bro. Nice catching up.